0: Hello, Velo News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, coming at you with another tech podcast. And I am joined today by a uh, a new a new co-host. Uh, we have in the studio today our new senior editor, Betsy Welch. Betsy, how are you?
1: I'm good, Dan. Thank you.
0: Welcome, welcome to the Tech Pod you You don't seem nervous at all at not at all. nope, not not
1: biting my fingernails or anything.
0: <laughs> i I promise you this will be this will be painless, although the topic we are going to be talking about a little painful. This is our ouch episode. We're gonna talk about crashing. um and you know, some of the things that uh, you can either bring with you on a ride to sort of help you out when you crash or some of the things you should do post crash um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there right now in the in the gear world about you know recovery and there's first aid kits there's crash packs you know what what are these things do you need them what do you do when you crash i think there's a there's a a little bit of a panic mode that sets in when i crash anyway and and you know i think having a good um sort of procedure, you know, to check yourself out real quick and say, okay, am I okay? And if I'm not, what do I do? Um, so we'll start with, Betsy, what's, tell tell us a good crash story. What's, what's a good crash story you had on your bike?
1: Well, I'm going to preface that with, I think the reason you invited me on the show is because I um, have a background as a registered nurse. Yeah, that would be it. Not because I'm particularly... Um, crash prone. Um, But anyway. Well, I am, so that
0: (laughs) that evens us out.
1: (laughs) I did, though, um, crash on my way to work at the hospital uh, a couple years ago. It was actually one of my worst crashes, just on a gravel path here in Boulder. But fortunately, um, I just rode myself into the ER where um, some colleagues kindly patched me up and I watched very carefully and closely since, um, as a cyclist, there was a lot to learn there. Um, so that really was probably one of my worst crashes. Unfortunately, no fractures or anything, but, uh, definitely some good road rash, Mm -hmm. which I think we'll spend a little bit of time
0: talking about. Have you ever, have you ever done the, um, the stop at a stoplight Unclip your left pedal and fall to your right.
1: Yeah, maybe. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've done that. I, yeah. I still do that pretty routinely. I might add. <laughs> I, I did crash um, back in two thousand six. Was the worst crash I've had. It was in a, it was my first crit ever, and uh, last lap, guy clipped my front wheel. I went down going about thirty miles an hour. Got the whole nine yards, road rash, and uh, you know broken ribs, broken or fractured hip, and you know I, I, it was classic. You know this this may shock you in America, but I didn't have insurance uh, and so I didn't go to the doctor and it strangely enough got worse hmm. yeah imagine that <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, that was my worst crash and ever since then i've I've really tried to avoid those gnarly nasty crashes but they're kind of sometimes unavoidable in cycling so let's let's jump right in um, let's talk about before we get into like you know what what you need to, to treat a wound or anything like that but like what's what's some good advice for what to do when you do crash I mean what's you know what's the process as somebody who you know has just taken a good digger um, what are the basics here
1: I think most people's instinct once they crash is to just bounce right up right like oh I'm fine like mm. nobody saw that right
0: that's not me at all I cry <laughs>
1: <You> know, <really. laughs> Um. And, you know, if people are, if if you're not alone, that's always best because then you, you, someone else can say to you, hey, like, chill out. Um, Let's let's hang out for a minute. Um, But even if you're not with people, it's important to just take a minute. Take a couple breaths. Get your bike off the side of the road or the trail. um, Sort of assess body system. So, you know, is my brain okay? Is my mentation okay? Do I know where I am, who I am, things like that. And then you can assess your body um, for anything. You know, if if it's just merely a flesh wound, as they say, <laughs> um, you certainly can can get back on your bike and either resume your ride or, or um, seek help. But if you have any suspicion of fractures or any injuries like that, um, it's probably best to get yourself back mm-hmm. to civilization. Um, but taking that few minutes to pause and just assess the situation is really important because when you crash, um, you're often flooded with adrenaline. And so you can actually feel fine mm-hmm. for you know, up to half an hour after, after impact. Um, so it's important not to be misled by that. So really, really give yourself a couple of minutes mm-hmm. to assess the situation. Yeah.
0: And, and just to jump in, um, this is actually probably a good time to talks about, talk about things like uh, like specializes ANGI sensor or the Ice Dot. Now, if you're riding with one of these, if you don't know what these are, these are, and Betsy's giving me a look. She has no idea what this is. <laughs> Um, it's they're crash sensors essentially and they attach to your helmet and if you crash um, you can you'll set you set this all up beforehand you know but it what it'll do is automatically send a message to a predetermined contact and say this person has crashed and this is where they are so while you're sitting there assessing whether or not you're really hurt this might be a good time to call your spouse or your you know your contact and say either you know hey I, I need you to come pick me up or or I'm fine, you know, um, I don't, I've never ridden with one. Um, I would like to, I think it's a great idea. Um, but, uh, I have ridden with things like, uh, Garmin, Garmin has a, a feature on their computer as well, where it, if, if it senses a crash, it can actually send, it can contact a, a predetermined contact. So again, Put that on your checklist. Like if you if you do ride with any of these features, uh, I can I can imagine if I crashed and it wasn't that serious and I just kept riding again and how my, my wife would feel to get that phone call. So, <laughs> um, be sure to check in on that. Um, okay, so you've crashed. You've done your assessment. You either determine that I'm 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 okay or I'm not okay. Um, one of the things that I I routinely do is I get hurt and I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then I ride home and then I'm like, I am definitely not okay. Right. Right. (laughs) What do I do when I get home?
1: So again, it kind of depends on the extent of your injuries, but, um, you know, like I said, if you have any suspicion of large scale um, musculoskeletal injuries, like a fracture or something, then you've got to go get it looked at. Um road rash generally does not need to be treated um in a hospital or a doctor's office. However, if you have bleeding that won't stop, um if you have what we call pulsatile bleeding.
0: Ooh, what's that? What's which pulsatile. That sounds gross.
1: Kind of what it sounds like with your pulse Ooh, and yeah. yeah, sort of squirting bleeding yeah (laughs) um we're talking worst case here so those are instances in which you might want to be seen if you are already immunocompromised um for any reason Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's another situation in which you want to keep a really close eye on injuries that may even seem um, minor or insignificant Mm -hmm. um i do want to say to you though the first thing you should do when you get home, if you have any sort of superficial lacerations or abrasions, is get in the shower.
0: Mm.
1: It is a huge mistake people make uh, choosing to go ahead and drink beers after the ride or <laughs> hang out with. I mates. would
0: never make that mistake <laughs> ever. <laughs>
1: yeah, and when you have exposed, you know, skin like that, that you really need to get in the shower and rinse off as soon as you can because. Um, if you don't, you're just inviting the opportunity for infection.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you tell me just real quick, um, you know, assuming that I get, you know, I get home, I clean up my wound, but, you know, I want to ride the next day. I'm like, I'm not that seriously injured, but I've got some some road rash. What are some things I can do to uh, help prevent infection? Like, you know, the, the, the one we all know about is Tegaderm. I guess maybe we should talk about what is Tegaderm um, and other alternatives to it
1: yeah so if you want to get out and ride that's totally fine i mean you should listen to your body first of all if you're feeling really beat up then you shouldn't ride but if you're feeling okay other than the road rash that's no problem the most important thing is to keep it covered up because again if it's exposed and i don't know you ride through a creek or you get some gravel uh, in it that's going to increase your chance of infection so you want to keep it covered and there are a variety of ways in which to do it. Um, Tegaderm you mentioned is a it's like a clear plastic film dressing um, that's pretty popular and and works just fine. Um, Duoderm is another dressing that people really like. It's um, it's kind of like a soft patch um, and it can actually be left on for up to a week and some people really like that because it keeps, it keeps the injury um, totally covered, and it kind of flexes with your body. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tegaderm isn't quite as sturdy mm-hmm. as the Duoderm. That said, there's nothing wrong with a, a good old Band-Aid um, or gauze with tape. It's just that there's usually some, some sort of weeping mm-hmm. with road rash, yeah. and so those are just going to get soggy, and they're going to require to be changed more often.
0: So what is, I mean, it, it, Cyclists often use tegaderm because it is that like that shield, and it uh, w- w- does that also. Is that also susceptible to that weeping, or is there an advantage there?
1: Yeah, it it's. It, I think it stays contained a little better, um, but once you start to have that weeping, it just means it's time to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's not nece- weeping isn't a bad thing. It's actually, you know, white blood cells which are which are working um, on to, to heal your wound. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, you know, a question of what you can get your hands on and, and what you like. There's not a, a right or a wrong. And, and then the other thing to consider is it's important that the, the, the rash or the wound stays moist and those dressings, the, the Tegaderm and the, um, the Duoderm, those generally do a pretty good job of keeping it moist in there. Mm-hmm. And that increases the rate of healing.
0: What about when I'm on the bike and I've just crashed and you know I've got I know I've got road rash uh, and I'm also an hour from home? Um, is there anything you can do right then and there? I mean, should you just leave it alone or you know should you wrap it? I mean, should I carry gauze with me on a ride or you know what what can I do there? Or am I just going to have to suffer my way home?
1: Well. If I was a really good nurse, I'd say, of course you should always be carrying gauze. But I'm also... um...
0: What if I wrap a dirty sock around (laughs) it? (laughs) Right?
1: I'm also the person that half the time has zero first aid on them on a ride. So if you do have gauze, great. Um, I'm never going to say it's not a bad idea to to have a first aid kit on you. Um, And you can use the gauze or, you know, maybe not a dirty sock or t-shirt but like the inside of your t-shirt to just kind of wipe away any like grit or gravel um and then if you do have proper first aid sure go ahead and and cover it up somehow Mm -hmm. um but again you know if you're not banged up that badly and you want to keep riding that's no problem just make sure you rinse off when you get home
0: sure and and i think um you know if you do you know want to have some first aid kit with you um and, it, and it's probably a good idea. I mean, like, you know, for mountain bikers out there, it's pretty easy to stuff one in your, your camelback. Um, brave soldier makes a crash pack, which it's like 15 bucks, I think. And it's, uh, it's actually on the, the label, it says road rash survival kit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's great because it's got all those basics. It's got, um, you know, some ointment in there and it's got some pads and, and things like that. Um, it's also got some nitrile gloves, which I think is, is probably good if you're helping out a buddy, um, (laughs) who's, who's crashed. Um, but it's, you know, it's kind of big and I would never take one on a road ride. I'm going to be honest. I never (laughs) would never take one on a road ride. Yeah. Um, mountain bike. Sure. Especially if I was going into the woods, um, which I think is, is another point worth talking about right now is, you know, road riding you're probably you're not too far from civilization in most cases so you know you could ride it out and get somewhere and get some help backcountry you know especially with gravel uh, becoming as big as it is mountain biking um, you're going you're going out there um, what should I take with me I mean should I take? Should I pack my my crash pack and my my snake bike kit and, you know, like a full, you know, a full EMTs uh, outfitting here? Your
1: space blanket. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, what should I, what, what feasibly, I mean, if I was going to say, okay, I want to take something with me, but I don't want to, I don't want to weigh myself down. What would you absolutely say is like the bare necessities?
1: I do think that gauze pads or like non-adhesive pads, um... They are—they're great to have. Really handy. Um, you can do a lot of things with with those, um, from wiping away to to actually putting on a wound, um, so that you can get home. Um, the other thing I really like is uh, um, if you can get like butterfly band aids or mm. steri strips. So in case you do have something a little deeper. Uh, you can try and and hold things together a little bit and then you could cover that with gauze and yeah. then some tape or, or coban um you probably have a multi-tool so that's good but one with scissors and um tweezers hmm. um, learn that the hard way in the desert but hmm. tweezers mm-hmm. are a great addition to any first aid kit um, and then another thing that we didn't We didn't talk about because we didn't talk about allergic reactions, but I think Benadryl Mm. um, might be one of the most important things to have in case of a um, insect sting or something out there. um, You know, there's a lot of other things that are good to have, but, you know, they don't necessarily do you a ton of good on on trail, Mm -hmm. like an antibiotic ointment, good Mm-hmm. Not necessary. Sure. Um, alcohol swabs are good to have, um, not just for your body, but I think those can come in handy mm-hmm. if you need to clean like a rotor or mm, something. Yes. So two two purposes there.
0: About an alcohol flask, maybe.
1: And that too, <laughs> actually, Dan, that's not a bad idea. If the pain's real bad or mm. you need to remove a spiky bit, mm. um, whiskey or tequila yeah. does the trick.
0: Yeah, you know, you mentioned the desert. Um, I used to live in the desert, and so uh, one of the things you find in the desert is cactus. <laughs> yeah. um, cactus spines are nasty, um, yeah. and so those tweezers do come in handy. Um, but one thing, if you are in certain parts of the desert, and I, I, I recently went on a trip to Scottsdale, and I, I, couldn't stop telling people about the cholla. Watch out for the cholla, you know, like it was this like the chupacabra or something. But the the Choya, the jumping cholla, are nasty, particularly nasty cactus because they're 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 barbed. So once they go in your skin, yeah. you can't just like grab them and pull them out because yeah. they'll just stick to you. So one of the tricks I learned when I lived in Arizona was to carry a comb with me. Um, so like you, a
1: hair comb. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So because <laughs> well, here's why, right? Like it's it's really light, right? It's right. easy to stow. And when you get one of those nasty choyas on you, and they just they stick to you. Look it up if you don't know what a choya is. C H O L L A. Google that. If you're ever going to the desert, I, like my paranoia is really coming out here. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm crazy about
1: these. Chupa choya.
0: Yeah, chupa choya. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but the comb, you can get the comb underneath the spines and pull without having to touch it. Um, so it's nifty little trick. So if you're going to the desert and you're paranoid and crazy like me, bring a comb.
1: Bring a comb. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bring a mirror. Bring some makeup. Just bring a whole a whole I was going to say, I haven't,
1: <laughs> I haven't actually seen a comb. In a long time.
0: Really? I have some. I don't know why. I don't comb my hair ever, but I have <laughs> combs everywhere. Uh, all right. All right. So enough of my paranoia. Combs aside. Yeah. So I guess my, my general gist there was if you're going into the the backcountry or if you're going to be on a ride where you're not close to civilization, I think that's where it makes sense to have a really basic first aid kit in your in your pack. Um, you know, what, what about snake bite? Okay. So we have a lot of oh rattle bite, rattlesnakes around here.
1: <laughs> we do. I'm
0: terrified of them. Yeah. I'm not going to lie what what is what do you do what do you do i need a rattlesnake kit
1: you really hope you're in in cell phone range yeah yeah i I mean i i can't really speak to those things um i I don't know if how effective they are i i think that most people who get bit by a rattlesnake do not have one of them on them um fortunately the the hospitals nearby are really well equipped to deal with this because because we do have so many rattlesnakes um so, the most important thing in that situation is to remain as calm as you can, mm-hmm. which hard to do. Yeah. Um, but the sort of more amped up you get, the faster you know speeds up heart rate, respirations, everything, which then speeds up the transmission of mm-hmm. of venom in your in your bloodstream. So really just stay calm and get help as soon as you can in that situation.
0: I'm currently terrified right now. <laughs> I may never ride again. Um, so, in terms of gear, basically, just as a quick recap, the the Ice Dot or the ANGI sensors are great. I think those are very worthwhile um, for contacting your your emergency contact should you have a bad crash and are sort of out of sorts or unavailable, unable to contact them yourself. Uh, a basic first aid kit in the backcountry, good idea probably not going to carry one on a road ride. Um, so that's kind of the difference between, you know, mountain bike gravel and, and road in that sense with road. And here's, here's generally how I, um, I don't take good care of myself. I really don't.
1: (laughs) You're realizing this on the podcast.
0: This is, this is a very revelatory (laughs) podcast for me. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have not taken as good care of myself as I should have in the past. Um, but I, you know, I'm one of those idiots that when I get home and then I'm like, oh man, I really did kind of hurt myself. The following days tend to be pretty rough for me. Um, what what can I do? So, you know, say it's something where there's swelling and, you know, it's like, a, you know, obviously I don't have a broken bone and I'm not really bleeding, but I've, I've knocked myself pretty good. Um, what's the most important thing to do in the days following a crash like that?
1: Well, if you're not someone who has to ride bikes for a living then you probably shouldn't ride bikes um, until you're feeling a little better. Um, You know just general rest is important depending on what hurts or what's what's banged up the most. You know if you do have a really extensive road rash um, you need to really take it easy. You need to really focus on nutrition. Um, It takes a lot of calories to heal. Um, you know, you often hear about that with burn victims. I mean, it's just, it's thousands and thousands of calories to to speed um, healing. So that's something to keep in mind, you know, for swelling ice, um, NSAIDs like ibuprofen and Aleve can be helpful for a day or two after the injury, you know, not meant to be taken long term, but, but really useful in the short term. Um, you know, if you are if you really want to ride outside or on the trainer and you and you feel like you can, it's it's not going to probably negatively impact you unless you have a really serious injury. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just best to like check in with yourself. How are you feeling? And if you don't have to ride, you know, it's probably best to just take a couple days off.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's talk about something that, that hits me a little closer to home. <laughs> this is really all about, this is like a therapy session for me, really. Um, so one of the things that I, I routinely get is just sort of muscle cramps and muscle aches and things like that, which is less of a, an injury, but more of like a regular occurrence if you haven't been riding for a while and, and then you get back on the bike and you, you know, inevitably push too hard. I say inevitably cause I'm the <laughs> idiot that does that. Um, Let's talk about some recovery tools, you know, like foam rollers. Everybody talks about the foam roller. What exactly is that doing for you when you're rolling your muscles?
1: Um, I mean, I'm not, this is not my area of expertise, but generally I think that you're sort of, you're maybe doing two things. You're sort of massaging um, the muscle and, and sort of spreading out the tissues. Um, you know, not flattening it out, but you're, you're expanding the muscle tissue so mm. and you know a tight muscle and a knot. We know what that feels like and so mm-hmm. you're effectively trying to, to iron that out a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, massage is another thing that people really like and it's a little like foam rolling. It doesn't necessarily have a, I mean there's science behind it, but I think the real science is that it, it feels really good and it and it's really relaxing. Yeah. and that in itself, can increase healing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's not a very scientific answer, but
0: well, I think it's it's fair to say that you know, in that sense, it's not necessarily a medical thing. It's more like just a, a comfort thing. Um, you're just trying to iron out the kinks and and do what you can to make your muscles feel fresher, I guess.
1: Sure, and then the more relaxed you feel, you know, the less likely you are to get out there and and be tense. Mm-hmm. Which which can contribute to to real things like cramps mm-hmm. and spasms.
0: Mm-hmm. Cramps happen all the time, mm-hmm. uh, mostly to me. <laughs> what are your thoughts on? And I, I I promised Betsy before this that I wouldn't put her on the spot, but
1: now I'm, you're gonna ask me about CBD. I knew
0: it. Ah! <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Come on, you knew it was going. So that you're not technically on the spot. You knew I was gonna say this. Yeah. What are your thoughts on CBD? Does it is it has it ever worked for you or? Have you tried it?
1: I have, and I've really wanted it to work. Yeah, um, but I, I can't say that I've felt anything from it.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: okay. never used it long term. Never mm-hmm. really committed to it, mm-hmm. but uh, have certainly scored my free share of samples from yeah. Floyd's at bike races and stuff, and mm-hmm. and really wanted it to work. Yeah, um, but I, I don't have any personal experience. Sure.
0: You know, it's funny. That's that's kind of. Uh, this, the way this CBD stuff seems to go, like you either love it or it just does nothing for you. I'm, I'm on the complete opposite end of the spectrum from you. It's been fantastic for me. And I have a theory, which this is, I am not, I'm not even in the same like atmosphere as a doctor. So please take this with a grain of salt. But, um, I, I can't take things like ibuprofen. I'm actually allergic so I can't take Advil, I can't take ibuprofen, things like that. The only thing I can take is Tylenol, which does absolutely nothing for me. And so uh, I have a theory that if if you are like me, where you are actually maybe a little more sensitive to painkillers like the or pain, you know, management things like this, CBD tends to work. Whereas if you've built up this, you know, tolerance and you know you've ha- you've used things like ibuprofen or Advil over the long term, where it's actually, you know, you know what that pain relief feels like, I guess. Um, CBD might not do much for you because it doesn't have that same oomph to it. Does that make sense or am I just talking out of my, my rear end?
1: <laughs> it totally makes sense. Um, and I think we still have a long way to go with understanding, you know, what CBD does in the yeah. body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, what I what I believe is that, and not to discount your experience because I... I, I do believe you, but I think oftentimes what works the best is what, is think. what you think works the yeah, best. Yeah,
0: yeah, sure. You're saying, you're saying I'm crazy, it's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, it's it's controversial, and I get it. And I think you know, as more studies come out, we'll know for sure if it's actually doing anything. And I think dosages right now are an issue. People don't even know how much CBD to take, really. Um, what forms are most effective? You know, there's, there's so many questions about it, but I wanted to put you on the spot, even though I said I wouldn't put you on the spot so that you never trust me ever again.
1: (laughs) I'm going to steal all your CBD now. Uh,
0: There's plenty to go around. I I do. I do use, I, I use it. I like it. Um, so there's that, um, what else can we recommend to folks, um, for addressing common injuries that a cyclist will encounter. I mean, we've talked about head injury or we've talked about I guess helmet technology. We haven't talked about no, no, no. head injury. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um wear a helmet people, please wear a helmet. Mm. Um what else can we recommend? I mean, is there anything else? I mean, is it basically just a matter of, you know, you don't need any fancy gear, you just need to know what to do when you get hurt. I mean, is is that is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah. I mean, fancy gear is cool when it's useful, and it sounds like some of the products you mentioned could be really useful, but but there's plenty you can do. I I, I meant to say this earlier. It's really important, for example, always to have like an ID on you or mm. one of those road, road ID, IDs yeah, or even just your driver's license. Um, make sure your cell phone, you have emergency contacts um, tagged. Mm-hmm. Things like that, you know, for the worst case scenario, if you were to become unconscious or something... Um, You know, the other thing too that sort of transcends gear is just making sure you go out with a really good awareness of where you're riding, um, what if traffic is like, you know, are you bombing down canyon roads where there might be deer running out in front of you? I mean, just kind of remembering that it's your bike ride, but you're not... It's not your world out there. Right, there's right. a lot of other things going on. So mm-hmm. not zoning out, you know, mm-hmm. just, it's just remaining, remaining mindful of your surroundings. Sure,
0: And I will definitely second the road ID, uh, uh, recommendation. Uh, you know, there's a, there's alternatives out there, but road ID is one that I've used. And I remain, I don't leave the house without it at this point. Um, I wear it every ride. Um, and I think that's, you know, there's a lot of advantages to that. And, and I think just having Identification, especially if you don't happen to bring your, you know, your um, driver's license with you on every ride, which I don't. Um, it's good to just have that that information handy. Um, it's it's a lead, you know. If, if you if you happen to not be conscious when somebody finds you, you know, that's that's that is peace of mind for you and for your, you know, for your loved ones. So that I would definitely recommend. And um, I would also say that. You know, I understand very much the appeal of going for a ride without my cell phone. (laughs) I totally get it, guys. I do. But I think we are given this this tool that is like a miracle in our pockets, you know, and and that could be, especially if you're going into the woods, I mean, that could really be, um, I I don't want to be dramatic, but there, you know, it could be life and death, you know, so to have your phone with you, turn it off, you know, you can turn it off, put it in your pack, whatever, take it with you. I mean, it doesn't hurt and it's, you know, it's, it's a big benefit should something happen. So if I were to recommend anything, um, from this episode, um, to allay my own fears, because clearly I have some, (laughs) some fears here, uh, snakes, uh, um, I would definitely say invest in a road ID and just bring your phone with you. I mean, you could probably, that could be like your bare minimum. Um, those would be, those would be solid investments. I think personally. What do you think?
1: I agree. I am a huge fan of riding in airplane mode. Mm-hmm. So like Dan said, you don't have to have it on, um, but sure could come in handy. Another thing that I just thought of is, um, and I'm not an alarmist like mm. Dan. <laughs> I have no fear. Um,
0: I'm wearing bubble wrap as we speak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> However, I do have a Corsar card, which is a Colorado search and rescue, um, and that. You know, that's something that exists all over the country and is very cheap to buy, just usually a couple dollars. Um, And that's just something that sort of helps underwrite search and rescue efforts um, in general. But, you know, if you're the one that needs to be rescued, it's nice to feel like you've taken that into account. Um, I mean, we didn't really talk about having enough food and water. I guess that goes without saying. Um, But... Always have a couple bucks with you, maybe. Mm, that's um, a good one. Yeah. And, you know, unless in, if you're mountain biking, it's not as important. But if you're going to be anywhere near towns, it's, you know, it's smart to just put like a $20 bill in your um, seat post bag and just forget about that.
0: $20, big spender. Well, I was going to say
1: five, <laughs> but then it's like, what do you get with $5 anymore?
0: Like a Snickers.
1: True. Yeah. Snickers and a Coke. Yeah, yeah. May, barely. Right. Yeah. Well, what
0: would you buy with 20 bucks?
1: Oh my god. <laughs> quiche, pastries, espresso. Quiche.
0: You uh-huh. let off with quiche. That's an interesting choice. That is
1: kind of <laughs> why are you calling me on my quiche? I was just thinking of like all of the baked things, but uh, you're the, right.
0: Quiche. The, the baked things. Quiche that was that was an interesting lead off. All right. Uh, no, that's definitely that's definitely solid. And I think that, you know, basic first aid knowledge is really the best thing you can do, which right?
1: which most people have too. It's always a little harder to recall when you're mm. when you're stressed by mm-hmm. being injured yourself. But I think most of us, if we can take a couple deep breaths, can assess ourselves and and figure out what the best course of action is. Right,
0: right. Uh, so. Basically, this became less of a a tech podcast and more of like a therapy session for me. (laughs) Uh, I am more scared of snakes than I've ever been in my life. Thank you for that. (laughs) Uh, Betsy, thank you for for your your guidance. We appreciate it. And uh, I'm hoping we can convince you to come back on the News Tech Podcast, even though I kind of put you on the spot. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Yeah, sorry, not sorry.
1: <laughs> well, considering your desk is like two feet away from mine, I guess. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll have to stay friends.
0: I can con you into it again. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have questions about this podcast or any of the podcasts in the Velo, Velo News uh, atmosphere, uh, please do feel free to tweet at me at Brown uh, and Betsy. What's your What's your uh, handle? Would you like people to contact you on social media? No. <laughs> There, there you go
1: well you can't tweet at me okay. I don't tweet no but, tweeting um, I am on Strava that's kind of a fun platform um, I guess you just look for my name Betsy Welch or shoot me an email at bwelch at Vellonews.com.
0: and if like I said if you have any questions please do reach out and if you have uh, ideas for a future topic for the Velonews News Tech Podcast I would love to hear it uh, Betsy thanks for joining me thank you Dan alright we'll see you guys next time bye